The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. Wilbur Curtis gives you some of the best batch brewers around. They're so consistent. They're insane. You can program them. Your coffee's going to taste better than it ever has. And if you don't want to deal with that, guess what? It comes pre-programmed, so don't even worry about it. Also, this family-owned company has gone full solar, full green, full awesome. You know what that means? That means the sun comes down. They get the power. The power powers the plant where they create the brewers, and those brewers come out to us ready to go. Have you ever heard of a seraphim? Not just an angel, folks. No, folks. That is a tasty, tasty brewer for by-the-cup coffee. Even the coffee nerds can get a nice little shower head, program that thing. You heard of the clover? This is the new new. Seraphim, angel, ring down, happy coffee. Everything is coming together for you. If you hit up Wilbur Curtis and my friend Brent Curtis, who I've seen, who has kids, have seen. Of course, I've seen him. He's a great guy. He helps us out all the time takes his kids to Disneyland we have the best time as well this family-owned company treats people right they do a great job they're becoming the premier place to get your coffee equipment for batch brewing do it to it and if you need a water boiler guess what they have that too okay bye-bye oh that's oh. the one. I'm in the zone, dude. Power. It's the hidey man. That's me. I'm not in the zone. I'm not in the zone, dude. Oh, Welcome yeah. to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast, where Jared's pissed off and I'm in the zone. Mm, white men can't jump. White men cannot jump. They can't hear Jimmy. They can't do a lot of things. They're just failing all over the dude, place. Dudes. <laughs> idiots. <laughs> Freaking idiots. Uh, updates. Update we, corner. We got them. I listen to other podcasts, and they call it corner. Like corrections corner, oh. update corner, <laughs> merch corner. I say corner all the time. Corner corner. I just say it all the time for no reason. We have been steady working on our presentations for the Global Specialty Coffee Expo, which is going down late April. And the other day, I got hit up by the fine folks at La Marzocco Australia. They're getting ready for their out-of-the-box event in Melbourne for La Marzocco's 90th anniversary. And they're like, hey. You want to come be the keynote speaker? And I was like, no, yes. Yes, of course <laughs> I do. You totally undersold me. Let's do it. And then I was like, hey, Jer, you're coming with me. Let's do this. I was yeah. just going to run sideshow on him. You're going to run sideshow, but then they're like, Jared's coming? And I'm like, yeah, dude. And they're like, well, let's have him talk too. And I'm like, sounds like a great idea. I was like, I love to talk. Let's talk about it together. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up at the end of March. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I'm very afraid to fly. And it's a very long flight. Huge tube of metal shooting through the sky <laughs> with Chris Baca in it. Hundreds of miles an hour. <laughs> 14 hours later, we're going to land in Sydney. You can send all of your spare Xanax to Cat and Cloud. <laughs> Attention, Chris Baca. <laughs> help, I need an adult. <laughs> help. Put um, attention help. <laughs> attention help at chrisbaca.com. <laughs> email help at chrisbaca.com. <laughs> we'll set up an email for you that can, one. You can send your uh, well wishes and your, you know, just try to boost me up a little bit. Probably jump on a nice Qantas and then 14 hours later we'll land on the other side of the world as about as far as we can literally fly. 14 hours. And then another two hours and then we'll be there just on the ground again. Yeah, because we fly into Sydney and then skip and jump over to Melbourne. And we're going to pull a Marty McFly, and it'll be a whole time-traveling situation. Is it Melbourne? I feel like people say Melbourne. 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 Melbourne, where the drop bears are. <laughs> I nailed it, Matt Perger. I nailed it. How you going? <laughs> How you going? I'm Lisa Fall with Alexa Specialty Coffee. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Did I sound like her? <laughs> you sounded like Deaton. 
<laughs> I know like seven Australian people. He sounded like David from Axel. He sounded like <laughs> Ben from Five Senses. <laughs> like Adam. These are all shout the, outs to all the homies. All the Australians I know. Yeah. That's it. Emily Oak. Emily, dude. Mm-hmm. Great people. She made fun of my big hands. <laughs> <laughs> big hands. Big dude, large hands. Big hands, mate. What else do you I got the worst accents. You're going to sell your car? I'm going to sell my car if anybody's interested. <laughs> it's clean, dude. Clean. See you later. It goes E36. like there's no tomorrow, dude. Got to uh, get back in the Japanese game. I don't my know. car has two out of five gears going for it right now. <laughs> Jared's so that's car going if well. you want a real deal. <laughs> what year is your car? 2000 and I think three. It's really not even that it old. It looks nice. <laughs> After you externally, out, kind of. <laughs> yeah, externally, it's got some positive things. Somebody it needs on a rub street, down. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Of course, it needs a rub down at this point, dude. He gets like so flyers on it. It's all. Please move your broken down car. Yeah, <laughs> You're like, this is my daily driver. This asshole. is my DD, dude. I'm just trying to get here from Corridos. Just trying to California. get my daily driver. <laughs> shifts sometimes. It's a chunker. When it shifts, it feels like freaking Thor's dropping a hammer on it. It's like, it like speed up. <laughs> it's like, well, here we go. We won an award. Locally. Oh, yeah, the Nextie. It's a Nextie. So the Nexties are best new things in Santa Cruz. So there's Best things in general. Best things in general. Yeah. But I think they're, aren't they, um, like you can't have had an existing business for several years and win a Nextie, right? I Isn't need that to the look idea into behind that. it? It's like the next, next. It's it like might the be. new, new. It might be. There's a multiple, yeah, I guess. It, but it, there, we won new business. So I but guess that in of business, itself. Oh, there know? is. Yeah, there's oh, okay. got to be. There's a big list. Oh, gotcha. I need to look more into best this. Best regular business. <laughs> there was like best <laughs> tech, because there's like best tech and like best chefs and best things. So I think it's oh, almost like. Oh, okay. I think they're calling it the nexties, but it's basically like the local like Oscar-y situation. Mm, it's the Oscars. For like the businesses. We won an Oscar. We did. It's pretty sick, dude. Sickest new film in Santa Cruz. (laughs) (laughs) Best new haircut. Yeah. Jared Truby. Just after Moonlight. (laughs) (laughs) So there's an award ceremony for that, which we go to the day before we leave for Australia. Which is also the same day that we have to have our final submissions of our flyer and PowerPoint for SCA. Final PowerPoint? Yeah, dude, it all has to be in on the 24th of freaking March. But the thing's not till April. It wouldn't make sense that we can't change the it before email then. email said what the email said. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, well, I mean, who's, uh, we'll switch it maybe. But mine's not going to be done. Ooh, we'll uh, tell them right I'm now. Just <laughs> Good morning, Chris. Let's see. I'm, I'm opening side, this dude. right now. You guys can the be presenter here for the real kit. life thing. Okay, important dates here. You see? Guys are PowerPoint template. Oh. Wow. Intense, dude. I can't do that. It's so soon. But maybe we'll send it with like, hey, by the way, this is going to be edited again some more. I'm Ron Burgundy. I guess, dude. That is scary for me. It's scary for me too, dude. It's definitely like a stumbling block. I'm sitting here like I get it and I'm like, I got all these ideas. And then I go to sit down and do it. And I'm all. I'm going to change mine a lot, I think. After yeah, in I your face, it. Dorit. Actually, she's <laughs> <laughs> she's really nice. She's great, <laughs> but she's responsive. also not in charge anymore. She's passing on to that guy, Matt. Oh, Matt, I dude. don't even know you, Matt. Matt. I'm calling you out right now, dude. I'm going to change my PowerPoint. Maybe the title of my lecture. Maybe change everything. I'm running fast and loose up in this thing. That's all we can do right now. 
I'll tell you what. Trying to learn. It's going to be entertaining as fuck if you want to come by and see a lecture <laughs> about some coffee roasting and some customer interactions. I'm currently in the process of trying to figure out how to not feel guilty for not being perfect all the time. Have you ever felt like that? I don't know, dude. I just uh, You I, are perfect all the time. I'm perfect all the time. <laughs> Look at my cat. She cannot figure out how to get off the ledge, dude. She's freaking out. Chris Baca, I'm Hang a real-life Michelangelo. <laughs> Have you seen the statue? <laughs> the statue, I mean. The statue of David. David. Oh, wait. Max, dude. Max, I'm is help it you. too high? Chris's cat is on a windowsill. Can I get down? No more than four and a half feet. Oh, dude. All you have to do is... Mm-hmm. Chris didn't have to do anything. Chris walked over and the cat was like, F you, Chris. I'm jumping off my cell. She got scared. Almost broke the couch. She got super scared. Um, yeah, I, I think those are the big things yeah. that are happening. Yep. Those Aside are the from like continually revamping education... And just basically every day I have a panic attack about flying to Australia, (laughs) which compounded on top of the fact that I was having a panic attack about getting this lecture done, which compounded on top of everything else. I did go skateboarding. That was nice. (laughs) Hadn't done that in a while. (laughs) I jumped in the ocean and it was cool too. Felt like myself again and also decided to clean up my diet at the same time. So I'm feeling a little, it's like that adjustment week, you know? Mm-hmm. The grumpiness is comes and goes in waves. Yeah, it's like, oh, gosh. High, like, relatively high fat, low carb. You know, it takes a little bit to get in the bump right there. <laughs> it really does before that energy comes to fruition. A little bit of intermittent fasting. I don't know, It's man. getting serious. It's getting dead serious. On a positive note, I'm almost three, month, three weeks out on our schedule. I'm almost like three. Marissa is agreeing to some work shifts, so this is good. Thank you, Marissa. Yeah, dude. Shout out to Marissa. That's great. Shout out to Sean White, a.k.a. Flat underscore White on the gram for making our next round of cups. They're Beautiful. looking fantastic. We had some web exclusives, and they sold out. I think there's maybe one or two left in it's like, like three a days. week. Yeah. yeah. Less than a week. So... I think we're going to keep doing that. We're going to get in stuff and then make web drops and retail drops. So there'll be certain things you can only get on the web, which I think is a little fun idea. That is fun. It's cool. So thanks to everyone who bought some of those ceramics. They're absolutely gorgeous. And when you see them in person, you'll be like, whoa, dude. Better than in the photos. Check out their craftsmanship. Handmade in America (laughs) by an American guy from the USA. It's all true. (laughs) I know him. Make it happen. Not the snow one. Not the the ceramic one. one. We got some questions. We always do. Also, we're trying to get into more topics. We want to take more topics and kind of expand on those a little bit, but we haven't had time to sit down and really hash anything out. So we're relying on the questions, and we thank you for writing in these questions. And there's a lot of them, which is freaking bad to the bone so there's a lot of broad ones though so maybe get some specificity in your questions for us to answer like here's one how do you build a training program dot 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 and we're like totally (laughs) 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 what kind you want what are you thinking about which part is it what's your focus who are you man yeah what or whoa man like like how yeah are you cool man which (laughs) i am going to build a training program too I'm working on one currently, and it's freaking insane. There's okay. a lot of it. So, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. We try to be helpful, but the more specific you can be with us, the more helpful we can be. Because talking about building something like a training program, is that you, that's like hours, weeks, months of information. Anybody who thinks they're going to build a training program in like less than 
three months is probably not going to do that great of a job. Well, it's just unless like, you're doing like a really small one. There's too many specifics to talk about too in the form of a podcast. Yeah, you know, maybe we should sign you up for a class taught by True Baca. <laughs> Taught by Todd Baca. <laughs> Shout out to all the Todds out there. <laughs> Forget about you, dude. Okay, we're gonna get a, we're gonna get a slow a slow warm up, and this is a topic that we've addressed before, so we're just gonna hit it hard and fast. And this is from a gent who is planning on opening a cafe and a little hotel in Montreal. And one question that we touched on was tipping but not sure what we really went in depth with. Okay, so the thing is, we want to refuse tips completely, he says. Even though it may be common culture here to tip, we don't feel like it is a good way to pay our employees. This is especially true in the hotel industry where tipping is always a source of tension and awkwardness between the guest and staff. I'm wondering if you guys had any thoughts on this. There's a small movement to abolish tipping, as you probably know. It doesn't exist in most other parts of the world. They're going to resolve this by giving a stiff they're stiff. They're staff. Even they're stiff staff. Stiff staff. Rewards based on things like good reviews, etc. But also thought that your revenue splitting was a really good idea as well. Like to implement it. How would you guys structure it out, etc., etc., etc. All right. Two things. You can take away tips, but only in my mind if you're able to pay your staff what those tips would have been. So if your staff is going to make like eight bucks an hour with tips and you want to take their tips away, you should be prepared to pay them an extra $8 an hour on top of what would be their normal wage. I think. Yeah. Because if let's say someone here starts at what's our minimum wage? 10, 50 or something. Let's say you start at 10, 50 an hour and have the potential to make eight bucks an hour in tips. Then you make, you know, 18, it's pretty 50, solid, which is pretty rad. And yeah, I get it. That it's like not you paying for your staff so you know you're relying on your customers to buffer that but i in my mind it's still better than someone just making 1050 an hour yeah i mean they're earning it too it's <laughs> not like they're not earning it right yeah every tip uh is earned and yeah we do profit sharing and that's that's great and all but, but that's, that's in addition to tips yeah that's also in addition to tips so it's not really splitting anything in that way um i have a thought that isn't fully there's no fruition in it but if you really wanted to you could charge more with the intent of taking that portion and giving it to your teams in lieu of tips based on your services. But I would not suggest being like, we charge more in order to pay our team more so you don't have to tip because they're like, well, what if I just tipped? I don't know. It's, it's, that's just something that came into my mind when you were talking there. It's like, it's an opportunity to pay your staff more. If you plan ahead, it's all about intention, right? Are you charging with the intent of taking a portion of that money and paying it to your staff? Which is kind of interesting thought all in all ways. Yeah, just up the price on everything. Yeah, you have I to don't do know. the numbers and like if you like how much can you up it and afford to pay your staff that much more? Which all comes down to what experience are you giving to your guests that they'd be willing to pay for? It's also it's interesting. Like I wonder if if we took that idea in general and we're like, what if we took fifteen percent cost on every single thing we put out and set it aside for our staff or something? You know, like whatever arbitrary number percentage. Yeah. But if we were like, I wonder what percentage if we set aside specifically for each drink if we raise the prices blah 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 so on and so forth we could get our staff and where that would work and where it would fall i'm i'm personally in favor of tips as long as you're not the kind of company or your staff's not the type of staff that is making someone feel like they are supposed to tip so i mean something you put in this l this little email question is that 
there's like an awkwardness around tipping. The awkwardness around tipping should never, ever come from your staff. So that's a training issue and like a culture issue if you have that. It should be like no big deal if you don't get a, a tip because I'm here to work and crush it and give you a good experience. And the tip is always extra and it should be you should be thankful for it. And that should be it. It should be simple. Tipping should not be like made to be a big deal in any way, shape or form. It should just be a thing that happens or doesn't. Right. I think so. I mean, I tip all over the place and I tip based on service. Right. If I get shitty service and like, I mean, we talked about this before. If things go like horribly wrong and the person that I'm dealing with is responsible for them going horribly wrong, I will not leave them any extra money. Right. Like whether it's like a social norm or not, I just can't justify it. Um, Which is awesome. And I, try to keep it in context is like if i have a long wait time for food but my server's awesome and there's something going on in the kitchen it's not the server's fault you know right. that factors in i'm not going to punish the server you know or if she was rad to me i'll leave her a tip you know or if like there's a but if there's like a someone who's handling my transaction a to z and is just an ass i'm like why would i tip you just no fucking reason to tip you. We don't have to go boxes, dude. We. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really gnarly service last night. I was like, okay, I'll see you out there. <laughs> so gnarly that I actually didn't purchase anything. It got gnarly before I even got to the purchase point. I was literally just drinking water. You're all, hey, by the way, I mean, your company just lost out on free money. I'm like, later, because <laughs> <laughs> you were weird. Yeah, I don't know. I hear about all this abolishing tipping thing, but I feel like unless you're ready to like ante up and put out that number, it's you know, it's just not going to happen, especially in places like where we live. Like if our employees don't get the tips that they do and any of the service industry people around here don't get the tips, they just can't even afford housing. Point blank, period. You can barely afford to live here ever. <laughs> so true. It's legit. Like even the people like I'm like, OK, <laughs> everyone's like, I'm moving to Bend. Everybody is like, I'm out of here. I'm moving to I freaking can't afford to live here anymore. Boulder because I hate my life and I want to have a house zion i tech money which is super tight tech money, tech jared money. car jared car jared car jared car is a great guy he has a nice place he's pulled coffee woo, woo, woo. he is uh, according to his email a roaster guy coffee magician and monster tamer guess what oh, he tames the monster just so you know pre-gaming this if he asks about buying the sf25 he already has no this is uh he's already got his sf25 yeah he does I saw a picture of it we recently received our beautiful sf25 and have been spending a good bit of time on it this machine is considerably larger than our previous roaster and quite different i know that you've all roasted on several machines before you got your sf25 so my question is how do you transfer your profiles from machine to machine what was the learning curve and what were your methods for getting coffee to be consistent with previous machines? I don't love the idea of burning through lots of coffee, but is that the only way? Any techniques or ideas you guys have? Super helpful. I mean, Cropster was helpful, but Cropster everything's was different. Everything's different. So it's like from the Geeson to the Probat to the San Franciscan, the temperature probes are super messed up. So they're all different kinds of probes in different locations. And if you have... If you have different kinds of probes in different locations, you can't direct transfer any kind of temperatures, whether it's a charge temp, drop temp, whatever, turn. None of it really matters. So when we're roasting on machines for the first time and we're going in blind, we'll set up you know, similar charge temps. And again, we know that they're maybe not going to be right on. And we roast and we use the trier or the trowel, as some people call it, 
a lot when we're getting used to a new roaster. We don't generally use the trier a whole bunch in our day-to-day production. But with a new roaster, it's kind of like the only way to keep track of like how the coffee is like actually developing and how color change is happening. Because again, the probe is probably lying to right. you. So you're looking for a certain like visual and like sensorial cues over a certain time frame within a certain batch size. So right. popping the trier out all the time helps. I mean, noting first crack temperature versus the other first crack temperatures right. can kind of give you like a general sense of like where the. I mean, none of them are like accurate, right? Or compared to the others, but it's like I mean, it always cracked on the proba to like ninety, whatever, three ninety two, but it's cracking at three eighty something on this other roaster. You're like, okay, well, I see where we're dancing, and then you got it, yeah, with the trier and everything. There's some little indicators, but you're right, it's weird. It's weird, and I'll try to try to run percentages, so it's like, okay. Say my batch size on this roaster was 14 pounds, and then the batch size on this other roaster looks like I can accommodate 18 pounds. So I'll take what percent of like 18 is 14, and then apply that to everything. And be like, okay, the batch should theoretically take a, like a little bit longer, and I maybe need a little bit more energy behind it, and use that to approximate burner settings and time. But then it's not just the batch size, it's batch size in correlation with like the size of the roaster and the energy efficiency of the burner. You're basically kind of screwed. Yeah. So what we did is like, okay, we know that we restrict airflow in these places. We know that this is our final product. We know that this is kind of what the coffee is looking like and temperatures compared to our other probes. And we just kind of guesstimate and then taste and adjust from there. I think you just have to roast like a decent amount of coffee. But if you can match up time frames roughly and like development percentages roughly and use that in coordination with like or correlation with like the color change that you're seeing from the trier, you'd probably be in a good place. Yeah, I guess. I mean, worst case Just scenario, it's like not perfect coffee, but I would assume that you're not ruining the coffee in such a way for the most part. Get me with that, that you can't use it at all. Right. Like it's not a waste. But it's going to be hard for, like, optimization to come. I would also assume, though, that most people are not nailing their perfect optimization day in and day out based on the historical facts of tasting coffee forever. Like, everybody's got good coffee, but the best coffee probably doesn't come out every single roast. Right. Unless you're, like, hyper, hyper on it. So the goal is to be hyper on it. And Unless you're Tim Wendell, though. His coffee's perfect every time. That's what I heard on the internet. Every in time dude let's find out <laughs> can't wait to drink some Wendell though in uh um seattle when we go there oh yeah that'll be fun so that's neat so that's neat i hope that helps gerard car gerard car best of luck over there at east pole coffee this one's from luis he pedro zelaya zamora uh no way umberto luis umberto hey quick interjection yeah our gals and and Tanner all just got back from their origin trips. I just have to be like a little bit proud, proud parent here from Guatemala. Tanner, well, yeah, I don't even know what? if we really talked about Tanner being in Colombia doing Wheelers Best Cup with Cafe Imports. So shout out for to Cafe Imports for that. And uh, also, sick follow up the the girls Kristen and Stephanie who are on our staff. They just went to Baristas to Antigua and uh, are fresh back, and their minds got blown. It was pretty pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Chris's house is an issue and then we're just claiming it. Claiming. Uh, <clears throat> so anyways, they just got back and they both had their minds blown and they had a really good time. Shout out to my boys, Trevor and Ryan at Madcap who happened to be there and let the girls go with them on part of the sourcing trip to Hunapu and uh, Bella Vista. 
So I just I was thinking about that when we were talking about coffee. Somehow I just Luis Pedro Zelaya Zamora popped into my head, and there we are. You know what I'm saying? Though? There you go, so, dude. Shout out Bella Vista. Shout out Cafe Imports. Shout out Madcap, and shout out us <laughs> for sending those <laughs> girls to Origin, dude. I am giving myself a shout out. <laughs> I need a pat on the back. Jerry right now. Truby, claim it. Claiming a tap tap. Hey, you're doing a great job. We are doing a good job. Thank you, Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Luis wants to know. He says, "We'd be getting a ton of awesome questions, and we want to make sure we can respond to everyone." So, you're oh wait, what? that's us. That's us. We Holy said crap! That. I clicked. I clicked the we wrong part of the him. email. Whoa! Oh, there it is. He says. Hi, you got so angry last time, but from my perspective as a customer, everybody who works in a coffee shop is a barista. This is in response to us ranting about that no pedestal for baristas, and people are talking about how you need to interact directly with your barista, and the more barista contact you have, the better. So he says, I had no idea there was a strict separation between concierge barista and the third position, which I forget before I heard about on your podcast, and I still think this is strange. Don't they rotate the roles depending on the shift? Do they sign in different contracts with different titles and job descriptions? So sometimes there's people who do double duty. And what we are specifically referring to is there's a certain like train of thought of people that say for in order to have like the best possible cafe interaction, you need to be dealing directly with the person who's physically making your espresso. Right. I.e. whoever the barista is on shift at that time. And that's something that we generally disagree with. Passionately disagree with. Passionately disagree <laughs> with. That we think that, you know, everybody who works in your store is a touch point for your guests and carries your brand and is responsible for giving the best experience. And this is specifically in reference to people who say, like, you need to order with your barista or you need to get more FaceTime with your barista because that's the only way you can get, like, the ultimate coffee knowledge and see what's going on. For perspective, the general barista term refers to like the coffee bartender the person who's actually physically creating your espresso beverage is supposed to be the barista so if you are a consumer and you generally assume that everybody behind the counter is quote-unquote a barista there is in a lot of the industry a separation between a barista and a counter person or a concierge or somebody who does support or a manager uh, the person who is the barista is the one making your coffee during that shift typically not the anybody else so while they may be trained to be a barista, the barista is the person who physically is creating your coffee beverage. Right. So if you may not have known that, it seems like. Like if you were working register, you would not be the barista at that point. I would even not though be you the barista. are a barista. I have been trained to be a barista. Have been known to make that sweet bean sing. Just slang that kaffa. Slang that kaffa. We did get pretty angry, though, because I just, we, you heard it. You heard it. It was an angry time. It was an angry time. It was an angry time. It's like that song, I Get So Emotional, Baby, mm. Every Time I Think of You. Every time I think of you, ooh, ooh, I get so emotional, baby. It's shocking what love can do. Oh, I feel so much better about life when I do stuff like that. <laughs> Sometimes you got to <laughs> sing it out, dude. I heard it changes your brain dude, mentally. It, it really does. I feel freaking great right now. You <laughs> oh, want to get into another question, dude? Uh, I guess. You think yeah. only the barista can do it? Dude, yeah. you're so wrong. So wrong, dude. See what you did to me? Now, Josh, dude, Josh Josh is going to take the brunt of this attack. So, Josh, <laughs> he lives and he works in Oklahoma where Starbucks is 95% of people's information of coffee. Dude, I should sing every day, dude. With the other 5% being from Grandma's Percolator. Dude, don't hate on the percolate. How do you guys deal with customers that come into the craft shop and are asking for slash wanting a Starbucks drink? Do you explain the difference between their drink compared to similar drink you have? 
Nah. Nah. We just try to give them the closest thing to what they actually want is. So in our store, it's like if they come in and they want a caramel macchiato or a vanilla whatever, we have we have some vanilla syrup waiting and ready. And if they want like a caramel macchiato, which we don't have caramel sauce, but we're like, dude, let's make you a sweetened latte. It's going to be right up your alley. It's going to be delicious. Straight up the alley. End of conversation. Yeah. And it's just like it's all about framing everything in the most positive light possible. And instead of, you know, one way that could go would be like, I want a caramel macchiato. We don't have that here. Oh, you're talking about Starbucks. Oh, you want like a Starbucks caramel macchiato? Yeah, we don't have caramel. Yeah. Caramel's like. You're fucking dead in the water already. It's done (laughs) for, dude. You might as well kiss that customer goodbye and their five bucks. The other way you could take that is like, I want a caramel macchiato. I can make you a really awesome sweet latte. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And they're like, what? Oh, yeah, sure. I guess. I don't know. Sounds good. Yeah. And then you're going to make it for them. And they're going to be like, oh, hey, that is good. What is this? You're like, oh, it's like a vanilla latte, yeah. flavored latte. You can get that here every you day. You can get it here every day with a smile and a high five. And I, I feel like we don't need to expend any energy framing how we're different than the other stores. It should be obvious like in every step of the way, like the customer should walk in and be like, oh, this is like a different kind of place. Right. It looks nice. There's something not as cookie cutter about it. Like, oh, the staff's really friendly. This is also telling me that this is a different kind of place. People are cheery and jolly here. And then once they get their beverage, like they'll taste it and be like, oh, yeah, this is a different kind of place. Also, Still got those sweet things that I like. but Totally. And remember empathy. Like all these people are doing this. They're trying to find a connection point with you. They're not trying to be idiots or jerks or hard 90% of the time, there's going to be a hard customer. But a lot of time, all they're doing is like, do you have this thing that I know? Because I don't know what you have here. And right. I know there's a menu, everybody. I get it. There's a menu. But how often do you actually go in and look at a coffee menu and like be like, mm, they've got something different here. You know what you want 90% of the time. So you roll in. And you're like, do they have this thing that I want at this place I've never been? And your job is to like help, not to make them feel dumb for knowing what they know. Right. Or don't. Everybody who drinks coffee is a potential customer slash guest for you, which I think is important to remember. We should be happy to have any of those who decided to just make the journey to walk into our store. That's like a big deal. Like business is a hard thing to pull off. So if anybody wants to even try your store and is willing to spend some money with you, that's awesome. And you should be totally thankful. That's a shout out to all the young up and comers who like don't put this in perspective because I didn't, it's really, really good to just give amazing service. One day you're either going to get paid well for it or you're going to be needing your employees to do it or you're going to be out of a job. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I think Ludacris said it best, you know, he said, I ain't got to say shit. Money speaks for itself. And I feel like your coffee should too. You know what I mean? If you make like really awesome coffee, you shouldn't have to spend a half an hour telling everybody about how your coffee is so awesome. But you must believe It's me. like if the customer can't tell that your coffee's better, like maybe it's not. You Uh-oh. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you, I don't know. I mean, there's not everyone's going to like everything. So there's always that fringe. But it's like if you're really doing a kick-ass job, you know, like. It's and like when you're good, you tell other people. When you're great, people tell you. <laughs> Just think about it for a second. You know what I'm saying? Let's think about it, bro. Think about it. Take a second. Take a second. <laughs> think about it. That's I'll a lo- that's a little yeah, Snoop Dogg song. Snoop Dogg, dude. Yeah. For yeah. real. Yeah, just like pump it out there, you know what I'm saying? Do your best, be positive. 
be positive. Try to match the beverage with the experience. It's like, you know, when I walk into the brewery and I'm just like, oh, I really like sours. And they're like, we don't have any sours. And I'm like, do you have a size on? Okay, okay bye. <laughs> or they're like, we don't have sour, but we have this like little thingy do. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'll have the thingamajig blah, blah, blah. I want to try a thingamadoo. Yeah, dude. This one's uh, fun and I don't have an answer for it necessarily but i'd like to share your um your truth share your truth this is from levi and he says guys i'd love to hear your theories on decaf roasting my curves and ror look tight as hell on my deek roasts i use the swp that's swiss water processed and almost always african coffees from coffee shrub i mean these curves are so sexy riding that tiger hella good curves that would make scott rail cry and they do, dude. And they do. They do. They cry, bro. He's crying in his sleep. Shout out to Rayo, dude. Shed a tear. <laughs> Can't handle it. We're having a day. My problem is they're way sexier than my non-decaf roasts and ROs. Almost as a rule, I use similar batch sizes in theory with both my non-decaf and decaf. And he's just wondering why. And I will tell you that I have a theory. And one, I don't really know. But we experience the exact same thing. The decaf curves are perfectly smooth like perfectly smooth the ror looks like it has like a like a really high rate of like smoothing applied to it even if i haven't changed the sampling rate or anything and it's still reading just like everything else my theory and if someone knows more about this maybe someone from swiss water can chime in on this or if you listen write us in that'd be great is that because of the decaffeinating process the moisture content is like equalized a little bit more and the way it takes on heat is maybe more even than like a coffee that's like just that. been, you know standardly like processed yeah um so it's not given off like especially at first crack you know what i mean it doesn't do like the dive bomb thing probably because it's not giving off as much mo- as much moisture i don't know moisture equilibrium i don't freaking know i don't have a moisture meter there's so much science that i'm not equipped to answer but i'm saying that yes i've experienced that um so you're not alone there you are not alone. Michael Jackson. Oh, wait. I am here with you. <laughs> here's yeah. part of his other question that says there's something else that we can't read here. But how then, on earth? How on earth can you afford to live in Santa Cruz? No question. Yeah. You, we can't. You don't. We it's w- one of we'll the most there. expensive places in the... Um, I think it's number two. In the country. I it's think, top right three. Now. Yeah. It's a freaking nightmare. So, yeah, you don't. You just freaking love it and just ride out dude my family has a roommate that's why family <laughs> has a roommate if you're younger you have many roommates when i first moved here we had five house full of five yeah when i moved away from chico for the first time and i heard about people like three people splitting a bedroom in santa barbara i was like that's not possible and now i'm like oh i get it <laughs> it's possible it's definitely possible so yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my wife she makes some real real money that's Robert Ro- De Niro. <laughs> Roberto De Niro. She's got an awesome job, and I wouldn't be here without her. So thanks, bud. <laughs> Not physically. That's your mom, we're thinking. <laughs> Not physically, but spiritually, <laughs> literally, oh, metaphorically. We're getting there, dude. Oh, my gosh. What's that one from? This is a long-time listener. First-time caller. It's Gio. So... He's slowly transitioning out of the shop he's worked at and managed for three years. It's bittersweet, but moving towards freelance copywriting and blogging is providing to be a more flexible, profitable journey. That's awesome. Been running a cafe. I'm wondering if you have any insights on how smaller coffee companies 
can retain employees who outgrow the pay scale and schedule. Is there any hope for rural shops with high turnover and limited paying power? You said a lot of things that sound like a lot of issues that maybe don't have to do with that have to do with a lot of different things. High turnover is typically, yeah, um, it's possibly cultural training, somewhat money, but um, part of this question you're asking has to do with the intention of the owner. Like, if the owner isn't planning for growth, then there's not really a way to grow out of that. I mean, you're going to grow out of the pay scale. It just is what it is. There's only so far you can go unless the owner is pre-gaming how to grow their business. So that's a little bit on them. I mean, if they're trying to have one shop, there's only so many owners and there's only so many managers and there's only so many top positions necessary to run a shop. So there needs to be other avenues of revenue. It's kind of a straightforward business thing. You make a certain amount of money and that means you can pay people a certain amount of money and you plan for scale and growth. And it's, that part is as simple as it is. The other part is high turnover. Yeah, like I said, if it's not fun to work there, if there's not training and education and intention and you don't see your why and like why it's important for me to be here as an employee, then you're going to burn out as well. You're going to be like, well, I'm just working. And that's like a reality. So a lot of people just decide that they need to work to pay the bills because they do. And there's those people who like need more and... I personally am somebody who needs more. I need to see like why I fit and where I fit and how I'm going to help. And if there's nothing for you, there's nothing for you. And that's tough to deal with. And I think you can only last so long. So uh, you're asking for advice. I, I don't know. I think he just has, he's just asking for insights. So I think you're, you're doing Those him right. some insights. Yeah. I mean, I think if you have a small, like, shop in a rural area that doesn't have any plans for growth. I think the best way to avoid high turnover is to still do some of the same things that bigger, more established companies would do, like have a legit orientation, let people know why you're doing what you're doing, like where the passion comes from and why anybody should even give a shit to show up and crush it on a daily basis. Even if there is no plan for growth from them, because there are situations I think where you can have awesome employees like that. If someone's in school, they're going to be a great worker for a few years and they're ultimately going to move on. But if you can sweeten the deal by making them feel like they're a part of something, a part of the family, you provide a little bit of flexibility with understanding that they're like, they have to knock it out of the park when they're there. You can have like really awesome. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of like a skate shop or something where you, right. You have like employees that are just younger for the most part. And that's how it's going to be. It's not going to be everyone's like, job they're not going to be like i want to make a living wage working at the skate shop because it just doesn't work like that unless you work for a big huge company but right. like a one-off shop but you still like you're part of the family you provide awesome customer service you get to work around something that you're passionate some about discounts you get probably some discounts and it's connections it's like a win-win and you can have right. like a, you know like every time i go into bill's wheels it's pretty sick you know go to the board downstairs the crew's tight like right you know yeah no one's disgruntled and i you were there for three years. I mean, that's awesome. That means you were you were a dedicated employee if you were managing for three years and the hustle must be real. Uh, you know, I would always if you want people to stay and you wanna plan for the future, you have to like start with planning for the future and like how you think people can grow into I mean, think about yourself, right? If you are an owner of a business, you wanted something out of that. Like how do you plan for people to grow into s the same position as you? Like until you can step out into another position and be that leader. How do you get them there? Make people who are better than you keep planning things. It's not going to hurt if everybody wins together and everybody's under the same impression and plan and vision. 
That's all. Vision. Vision. Third eye vision. I'm hungry, dude. Are you hungry? Yeah. Dude, you should eat some food. I love Chris. I eat all of my eggs. I've got a smoothie back at the shop. <laughs> a little protein. Yeah, it's pea protein. 20, a little pea protein. 20 grams. Mm. That's just right about there. Yeah, that's a real clean protein right there. Yeah. No clean protein. No way that makes you fart. No dairy. No dairy. No, no dairy, dude. No, there's only one gram of, sh- of carbs in the whole thing. That's Jared's motto. It's no way. No like, way, dude. Show no me the no W-H-E-Y, way. W-H-E-Y, dude. No way. Dude. Is that from Garrett? That's from Jared. Jared or Garrett? It's Garrett. Gareth. Gareth. Gareth from that one movie. It's from Garth. It's from Christina. Christina. Her name is Christina. Her name is Christina. You come back here and you have sex with my wife. That's a good movie. You come to my house. <laughs> you get my wife's name <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's Christina. It's Christina. That's the good guys. Who wants some Arnie Palmies? Yeah. Arnie Palmies. The Palmy other guys. The other guys. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell. But you think Check because of the beer that I'm really hairy. Shaved. <laughs> Shaved. This has been the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. We're going off. I really like the singing and it really energizes me. So I just have to, you know. This is a call to action. Everybody just scream for like 30 seconds a day. It's like in the um, I Love You Man when Paul Rudd's screaming under the bridge with Sydney and he just feels like Sydney. He's all blah. Blah. <laughs> Go caveman on it. <laughs> anyway. It hurts, dude. It hurts. We'll see you guys later. Let it out. <laughs> Let it all out. <laughs> <laughs>